If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, Jessica Marshall here with another episode of The Eagle, a Times Union podcast. The last few episodes have been about some dark and gritty topics, but this week, we are going to lighten it up. We're going to venture into the realm of science, specifically brain science. The human race doesn't even know the half of what that big organ in our noggin is capable of doing. But we took a major step forward learning more with some recent research that began at Albany Medical College. You know, Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall Part 1, right? I can't play it for you because music rights, but I can sing it. All in all, you're just another brick in the wall. All right, I'm not winning any Grammys anytime soon, but you get the idea. Well, what if you could play it without your voice, without instruments, using only your brain waves? Researchers recorded the brain signals of patients at Albany Medical Center as they listened to the popular song in real time. Then, and I'm really oversimplifying this here due to my own limited understanding of neuroscience, then they took those collected signals and played them back. What they got was fascinating. Times Union reporter H. Rose Schneider played me the recording a few weeks back when they reported on this research. It may sound a little weird, but it's a giant leap forward for understanding the brain's role in communication. I connected with Rose to find out more about this research. Going into the story, were you a big Pink Floyd fan? I'm not. No, I had to like check with other people about, uh, you know, making sure I got certain uh, facts about Pink Floyd correct. I was, you know, double checking everything. I did listen through quite a few times to Another Brick in the Wall Part 1 to make sure I had everything right. How I mean, had you heard that song before, though? I must have, you know, obviously it's a pretty popular song and it's a pretty well-known song. Yeah, I feel like it's been in pop culture enough where you probably did hear it before. But Mm -hmm. apparently the researchers in this experiment that they've done really felt that it was, (laughs) you know, enough of like a zeitgeist to use in this project, right? Yeah, they said that it was a a song that they thought people would know and would want to listen to and would enjoy listening to. Sure. So let's get into this study. What exactly is the, uh, the crux of it? So it's a, it was a study that actually took place over the course, I think, of a few years, almost a, de- a decade ago now, at Albany Med. Basically, at Albany Med, there were people um, awaiting, you know, potentially things like brain surgery, you know, if they were, you know, suffering from, you know, certain diseases or disorders associated with the brain, like, um, you know, suffering from seizures. So before they had surgery, they had... Uh, part of their skull removed 
and had these uh, electrodes directly placed onto the brain, basically to monitor brain activity before surgery to make sure you're not going to be losing anything uh, too important there. So uh, it was part of like a normal like pre-op mm-hmm. prep for something. Yep that intense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was just like, you know, this wasn't part of the experiment. These were people who just happened to already have these electrodes attached to their brain and their brain activity was already being monitored. And uh, I talked to one of the um, scientists who uh, authored the study and I believe the way he put it was, you know, these people are waiting around, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, let's say like a week before their surgery they're probably a little lonely and a little bored. And they all agreed, all these uh, people who participated in the study obviously agreed to be part of it. And, you know, the way he phrased it was sort of like, yeah, they, you know, things get lonely in the hospital. Why wouldn't they already have these electrodes attached to their brain? Why wouldn't they listen to a song or listen to other sounds and, uh, you know, take part in a, in a study in the meantime? Fascinating. So this all happened 10 years ago. This We're talking about, you know, maybe around 2013, give or take a little time. And then mm-hmm. what happened after that, after they listened to the song and researchers collect, what, what were they looking for specifically? Well, they were specifically trying to study uh, brain activity, I think, just in relation to processing various things like sound and language this like research paper was just one study that came out of that as a result uh, from what i understand what was interesting is that they had these uh patients listen to the pink floyd song and monitored how their brain responded in real time to the sounds and had that recorded So basically what you're saying is they listened to the Pink Floyd song and the researchers using, you know, via the electrodes monitored whatever brain signals the brain gave off as they were listening to it, right? Mm -hmm. And they recorded that. And then over the course of the next 10 years, they were able to take that recording and then like kind of reverse engineer the song. Is that, is that right? Yeah, pretty much exactly that. Like I said, they were using a little bit of help from what essentially uh, they call machine learning, uh, we, we would probably call just AI at this point in time. <laughs> kind of um, fill in the gaps, right? Yeah, to kind of figure out those patterns and fill in the gaps there. But yeah, it was basically just reversing what you saw in those electrodes lighting up to recreate that song using multiple people too. Like I believe there are some recordings they might have used with just like one individual and then they combine it all together and it's a much more, you know, I think, distinct listen. It sounds muffled, distorted. It's not exactly words that you're hearing even. It's it's almost like this weird dreamscape is the way I think of it. It sounds um, kind of creepy. Yeah, it's, it's eerie. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's not exactly like distinct words that you're hearing or distinct instruments, but more of like the idea of a word that you're hearing in a song. Which 
which says a lot, I guess, about the way humans kind of interpret in their brains, you know, communication, right? Yeah. And what's interesting is that, uh, you know, when I was talking to this associate professor in neurology about how your brain processes sound, you know, there are different, you know, parts of your brain that you're going to be using to process language versus instruments versus, you know, song and, you know, even just hearing harmony chords, that sort of thing. And that's why they're able to kind of put that all together and form a song in that way. Now, you mentioned in the article that one of the, you know, kind of big finds, obviously, there's probably a lot more to be, you know, pulled out of this research. This is only one part of it. But like, one of the things that they took away from it was that it was a specific, you say there's different parts of the brain, but but one of the lobes, right? The right temporal, front temporal lobe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the big finds in this study was that they discovered the right temporal lobe was basically lighting up when you're listening to music. And that's kind of the main part of your brain that will be processing that when you're um, listening to it. One of the things with that that was mentioned is that obviously people have been able to track uh, brain activity in the past using things like MRIs, but they haven't been able to look at something so closely or in such real time until they were looking, you know, just had these uh, electrodes directly on someone's brain. So yeah, knowing where where music and a song is being processed in the brain is is a huge find. Absolutely. That's so cool. Now, one of the things, and, and again, I go back to the fact that, you know, as you reported, there's still a lot to be learned from this, you know, the collection of all of these signals, brain signals. But like, what was the aim initially here? It wasn't just to create like this cool, like creepy soundscape. It was, you know, to really study the way communication works, right? What are they kind of hoping they can, you know, take out of this research, you know, specifically, you know, for people maybe who have trouble communicating? Like, what, what was the aim here? I think that's, uh, you know, part of it is processing language. They mentioned that there's a, I think, a similar study that was being done by a different group of people looking at processing speech. But it's a, apparently it's a very similar way that people have studied how uh, humans process speech in their brain. And it's a very, so I think that what, that could be one of the hopes is that it could help us understand how, you know, how we process speech in our brain, how we're communicating, you know, if people do have, uh, you know, impacts to the brain that would impact their their way to communicate, it could be a sort of revolutionary find there. Yeah, a game changer, maybe for Mm -hmm. people who have had strokes that have attacked that part of their brain or something like that. No, absolutely. All right, check out timesunion.com or any of our social channels for more on this research or the latest on other stories. That's it for this week. I'm Jessica Marshall. The Eagle is a production of the Times Union. It's produced and edited by me with help from the Times Union digital team and the newsroom. Special thanks this week to H. Rose Schneider for their contributions to this episode. If you're enjoying this podcast, Take advantage of all the Times Union has to offer and support our efforts to bring you award-winning journalism 
by becoming a Times Union subscriber today. Go to timesunion.com slash subscribe.